new theme song. Yeah. <laughs> did you do all this yourself? I did. That's sexy, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back. No Brando this week. Brandon's sailing the ocean blue. <laughs> yes, he is. Out there with Gilligan. Being a pirate. He yeah. is being that. Welcome to What's in the Cup. Tonight with our special guest, the freshly deaconed, <laughs> back yep. from his deaconing, yeah. Pastor Cole Burks, pastor of Resting Place Church. Good evening, everyone. Knoxville, Tennessee. Amen. America. The America. world. So you yeah. did all of that? All of it. A lot of helps from like loops and other stuff but yeah i really like that it's really cool <laughs> it's dope we got he's got a couple really good ones we i don't know how we're gonna work it in but we gotta work it in at some point yeah uh so cool uh pastor cole how you doing buddy i am marvelous welcome back to the couch i am glad to be here heck yeah man yeah as we said brando is selling the ocean blue uh he if he somehow gets signal he's he said he might call in but I did just text him and it went green. So, wow. uh, either either he is out of signal or his uh, ship has crashed. So, wait till next week to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was trying to think of a creative segue to move into crypto, having to do with the ship crashing. But um, the ship that has crashed in our hearts is crypto comics. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, we're really scraping the barrel with this yeah. one. If you were to be crash landed on an island, and yeah. you had three things that you could keep, one of those is going to be a book from Crypto <laughs> Comics. The other one's going to be Loki. Yeah. <laughs> the other one's going to be Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one do you eat first? <laughs> <laughs> the comic book. Okay, okay, there we go. Yeah. Crypto Comics is truly our bestest friend in the whole wide world. Um, we pinky swore on it and now we are truly the bestest of friends. And, and so if you want to join this everlasting friendship, go check out crypto comics over in Powell, Tennessee, give them a call at eight, six, five, nine, three, eight, nine, five, two, eight. I like how you said that we're the bestest of, you said it like a robot. We're the bestest of friends. <laughs> we're the bestest of friends. <laughs> Have you made it out to crypto yet? I haven't. Oh man. I've, support, I've supported their business though. Heck yeah. That's what I'm they, talking about. Yeah. yeah. They have a they have a whole comic section of nothing but biblical stories. That's that kind of cool. I'm sure theologically sound. <laughs> yeah, they're probably awesome. Yeah, yeah. So who wants to get started? Who's 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 cup we we digging into first? We can talk. I, we can reach into my cup, <laughs> my right. theoretical cup, Let's go. metaphorical cup. So I did something nerdy this weekend, um, extended weekend. Um, I was over in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, for all my Kentucky friends that are listening out there, I don't like Louisville. Um, I, yeah, I'm a big, big UK guy, but not not a Louisville guy. That's a no go. Um, but Louisville is the area that there's this conference for, and this isn't nerdy in in like comic book nerdy, but this is nerdy in one of the ways that I I'm nerdy, and it's a music uh, conference. It's a conference called ACDA which is the American Choral Director Association. That's nerdy, even for music. 
yeah, this is like the people who are going in for like that are wanting to teach. This go is like to this the Dungeons conference. and Dragons of of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I would say jazz really is the Dungeons and Dragons because like it's valid. Yeah, jazz people really go go ham. This is actually I don't this know. Is if like this is Pokemon. like Pokemon. I don't know if this is like a moment. <laughs> this is the Pokemon. This is the Pokemon. I don't know music. if this is like a moment that I should bring up right now, but I sent a picture of a book over it's a priest handbook to one of my friends to see if he could get it for me and he said best i can do advanced dungeons and dragons the complete priest <laughs> handbook that's good and so it's almost the same thing we're almost we're something's happening here with the dungeons and dragons it's a pro- yeah. prophetic loop there somewhere. it's prophetic um so yeah there was this whole it's a, a conference this was acda southern so this is all of the states that are considered in the south and my phone's buzzing. Coral with a twang. Uh, all the, yeah, coral with a twang. Coral. <laughs> coral. Coral. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a ton Just of fun. Got to sit in on a lot of like master classes. There's this group called Chanticleer. Uh, if anybody's a choir nerd, they know who Chanticleer is. Chanticleer is this like all men uh, choir group who are like absolutely insane. Like they are like the celebrities of like choral music. Um, another group that like they on Spotify. They are. Yeah. I'll look them up. (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, Chanticleer is, is great. (laughs) They were there. Uh, A bunch of different like composers were there and they're performing pieces that were like brand new that they were commissioned by like certain choirs that would come. Basically the whole thing is, is like it's a conference and then there's, three concerts every day so there's like a morning concert a midday concert and then a night concert and so sometime during those concerts is whenever the um like first works would be presented to everybody but then there's also like groups that are coming and singing from aca southern so there was one from uh louisiana uh back in your hometown joe hey who that? Um, they were a middle school group Makes sense. that were absolutely insane. Like they were incredibly good, especially considering the fact that they're all like 10, 11 and 12. Like they were stupid, good singers. There was one group that was like all first generation, first and second generation um, Hispanic students that were like Mariah Carey riffing <clears throat> better than Mariah Carey. Like just, these kids that were just up there doing this like it was nothing. Could you do that, Cole? Yes. <laughs> One of the funnest things that we did um, was it was getting towards the end of the trip, and there was this um, all throughout the week. I'd been making stupid jokes because there was this like breakout room or like escape room that was on our way from our hotel to the conference center. And so every time we passed there, I was like, what if we just skip this session and we go to a breakout room instead? Well, I finally convinced a bunch of people who were not, um, who were inebriated <laughs> to skip this last session and go do this breakout room instead. They've been taking and communion. It was, I'll tell you what, doing a breakout room with people who are not all there is one of the most frustrating and hilarious things <laughs> that I've ever done. You're making I, I honestly, us all look dumb. I honestly think I honestly think I can picture this in my mind, and I could see Jensen getting extremely frustrated, <laughs> getting so mad. He's just like, man, frustrated, and then like you would, 
it was only frustrated because like the same things were happening over and over again. Like sure. you would pick out a lock and you'd be like, okay guys, we need a three digit code. Let's find a three digit code. And then like 45 times you're asked, what's the three digit code? Like yeah. how many digits are in the code? Gosh. Oh man. But yeah, that's my little nerdy take. I, uh, I got, by the way, I got a hold of Brando. He said we can FaceTime him anytime. Oh, let's do it. This is not good. He's not going to answer. I literally have to just text me. So we're going to cut this part out of the yeah. episode. On other news, and I was kind of hoping Brandon would call call back before we jumped on this. Maybe we'll let him interrupt us while we're doing this. Hit the button, big dog. There it is. Look how happy he got. <laughs> Pure joy. It's just so good. You want to do it? No. <laughs> I'm getting over a cold. It's not doing very well. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's okay. You usually just start with... Ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Welcome back. Back to another episode of 1-900 Nerdy Talk. Oh, look. Oh. You got to do it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get you hooked up to the... We got you now? Oh, there oh, you oh. Are. All right, you got you got to do this. Hit the button. Oh, can you hear me? The buddy. He can't hear this. Ladies part. and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another week of one nine hundred nerdy talk. This week, the boys are going to be talking about I don't know what because I'm not there. I'm literally on a boat for this week's installment of one nine hundred nerdy talk. The segment right here on. The cup. Yeah. yeah. How you doing, buddy? I hate this. <laughs> That's what we got going on. We got the we got the boo here. What's up, Mrs. McAlpine? Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, so it's been in, in everybody's cup today. Well, so far we've talked about Doritos. Yeah. All uh, right. Jansen talked about his his coral conference. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we were getting ready to talk about some of the, the, the nerdy rumors surrounding the Fantastic Four and oh, sure, sure. get your thoughts on potentially, what's his name, uh, Javier Bardem playing Galactus. Okay, yeah, I've been seeing this. I've been seeing this. I like it. That he, so If I remember right, Javier Bardem, was he in No Country for Old Men or am I going crazy? Yeah, that was him, right? Yes. Yes. He also was okay, in yeah, uh, cool. the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie, I think. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I can kind of vibe with it. Like, I I know they're going, they're taking it a different direction, but with Pedro Pascal as Mr. Fantastic, I think it got, like, the casting kind of makes sense. I think they're going to intertwine those two a little bit more than normal. Yep. But uh, we've been liking playing around with that. I mean, we've got a little, you know, Kang and Loki, you know, semblance there. So Galactus, Mr. Fantastic, little semblance. Word, word, word. Is Marvel going to get wild on us? Who knows? Huh. I'm on board with that. Uh, 
What was the other one? Drawing a blank. Other nerdy thing? Yeah. Uh, the Sony and uh, yes. MCU. There, there appears to be some kind of legal something. I want this I apologize. Oh, yeah. Some kind of legal something going between Sony and Disney. Disney looking to take some kind of legal action, maybe, because of uh, how bad Madam Web was, basically. Right. Oh, my God. So it wouldn't surprise me because I know after the whole Mobius debacle, Disney's like, wait, you're tanking our Spider-Man bank right now. Right, yeah. And so Madam Web just being the absolute garbage that it was, like, they've got to be, especially because they just gave them the publishing rights to their physical media. Yeah. So it's like, we just gave you this, and then you're going to put out that movie? Master Cole, are you going to go see Madam Web? Probably not. Yeah. I don't think. I don't blame you. Has anybody seen it? Like, not out of us. No. It, it came out what last week or week before last? Week before I last. Think week before last. It was like Valentine's Day. Last time I saw it, it was like a seven on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I just am not gonna waste yeah, I my think money. It's, I think it's gotten yeah. lower somehow. If like Disney's like, hey, we're suing you because you did such a bad job, like, why would I go watch that? Right. Yeah, that's that's doo doo. Trash. Uh, 12% Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, it's up to 12%. 12%. Up to 12. Up to 12. Yep. Scorcher. Wow. Mm. Deserves every bit of it. That is terrible. I mean, at this point, well, just give it. Give Spider-Man Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, they seem to take be getting the money that, and right? run. Like, you've made... You've made good money off this stuff now. At this point, I don't think anyone's going to go see Craven because, like, okay, Mobius was bad. Madam Web was bad. It's this all is bad. also bound to be bad. Yeah, like, this right. isn't going to be a good movie. It's all bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Shame, shame. Well, hey. We ain't gonna we take too much of your vacation. Y'all get out there. Enjoy your cruise, don't, Brandon. Don't fall off the boat. Listen, I love all you cupheads. Brando, we love you, buddy. Y'all be careful. Have fun. Have a fun time. See you when we get back. All All right. right. See you, man. That's weird. I know everybody. Hate that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. Everybody around him is like, "What is he doing?" I, uh, me and the wife are looking at booking a cruise, probably in the next few weeks. Mm. I'd love to go on a cruise. Katie just she doesn't do boats. Not not like that. I, I mean, I'm shocked. I'm so shocked. See, seasick. It really isn't. It really isn't bad. That's. I just told her she's a, well, big old baby. Yeah. Let's go with that. That's what you I think. Her. You think. <laughs> you think that when is she gonna let you like go to Disney? Uh, it's gotta happen at some point. Here's the problem. So now Jameson is hardcore into Star Wars right now. Yeah. I mean, my man is. Watching Star Wars nonstop, so like, at some point she's gonna have to at least let the two of us go. Yeah, it would be honestly, you just need to go for you need to go just to go to like Star Wars, like in Hollywood Studios, like it's yeah, unbelievable. I agree. So we, I almost had a good shot at it uh, this year because we had a work thing that was in Orlando. Uh, ended up not being able to go, and that ended up being the the blizzard of twenty twenty four. Ended up being that week. And so, uh, <laughs> stupid, <laughs> but we were, we, the thing was in Orlando and I would have had free tickets to universal. So we could have hit Harry Potter world and then gone to star Wars galaxy's edge. But yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but 
Back to the uh, Fantastic Four stuff. Oh, yeah. Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. I could totally see playing Galactus. Yeah. Um, I don't know if... I don't know about the rumors of... What's the rumors about Henry Cavill is being thrown out there. I've seen him for Cyclops. So, uh, yeah, I've seen people fan cast for Cyclops. I've seen people also fan cast, like, recently, I think Screen Crush did a video about, like, him uh, being a, um, shoot, Wolverine yeah. um, character. I don't really know about that. I don't know about the Wolverine. Uh, yeah. I, I like Cyclops. Cyclops is a good one. Because, I mean, that dude is, his presence on the screen is, I mean, he... he he doesn't hide well in the background. Right. Something uh, up here. We've been watching the Mission Impossible movies, mm. and Katie's loving them, and they're, they're a good time. And so we've gotten to the one that he's in. He just he he's not a he just doesn't hide well, like, right? Because yeah, well, he's a good actor. Number one, number two, he's massive. Right. Number three, he's just a good looking dude. So he 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 doesn't blend. So whatever issues we had with the Cyclops in the original X Men movies. I think could be you, fixed with could be fixed Andrew literally Cowell. by just casting him. Right. Uh, Speaking I, of, you know, fun movie stuff that is to come. Yeah. TV stuff that is to come. Yeah. Did y'all see the trailer for X Men '97? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch? Did you ever watch those back in the day? No, but I got a text message from a friend of mine who is in Florida. Who it literally loves x-men and just yeah. in all caps oh my god and when i watched the trailer i was like why do i have chills <laughs> it's so good and like there's so many people again the whole world's just you know they're trying how are we bring an x-men how are we gonna bring the x-men how are we gonna bring them in and there's a million different ways of people throwing out there there's a lot of people thinking that they're gonna use this show right somehow i don't know through dimension of some sort or is is the X-Men 97 are they just locked in some kind of magical hold by the Scarlet Witch we've seen versions of that in the comics either way even if we don't get any of that Mm -hmm. if this is just an extension because I used to watch that show religiously when I was a kid yeah Uh, I remember the final episode and so I was like as soon as I saw that I saw where they were picking up let's go and then the theme music man let's do it I, I can't wait. It's awesome. Can't wait. Uh, you know, we got, so we had that. What was the other thing? We talked about Sony. I don't know what the answer is. I, I guess I, I don't know enough about the legal side of how that whole thing works with Marvel, right. Disney, what? Sony, Marvel. I mean, obviously I know they have the rights to Spider-Man and the Spider-Man characters in the world. I, I just, I don't know why. So they have the rights to live action Spider-Man. They don't yes. have the rights to the character that still relies with Marvel. Inside of Marvel. Um, to the character or animated stuff, which is why if you go on Disney Plus, you can find animated Spider-Man stuff like it, yeah. all around. Yes. Um, See, what I think would be smart, and this would work well for both parties, but obviously people are greedy, so not, this never works. You can sell, You can sell like the rights to something and have like a condition in the contract where you get a percentage of the earnings. Right, which is what yeah, Sony what originally happened, right? did. Yeah. Originally the um agreement was that Sony would like that Marvel would get 5% of 
um, commissions coming out of the box office right. and Sony, and, but they would be able to use Spider-Man in their movies. Mm. That's since been renegotiated to where Marvel now gets 25% and, but Sony still, and they're allowed to use Spider-Man in part of their movies where what's happening is because a lot of people don't know the difference between Sony entertainment and MCU. They just think they see like Spider-Man, they see people like they'll see Madam Web and they're like, wow, like the MCU is doing terrible right now. Marvel's doing terrible. Yeah. Um, they don't realize that that's is different than that. Like that is the Sony property universe. Like I've heard people compare like, be like, oh, Endgame was so good, but then Morbius was like terrible, and it's like, yeah, well, yeah. it's too very different. So, so is, is there a could... legal world where they can? Yes, really. Yes, they can... because one is affecting the other. Right? Is it's there a almost defamation and to a certain right. degree? Is there a place in the multiverse where they can just have all this worked out and it'd be perfect? <laughs> it's not here, that's for sure. <laughs> so. Really, the it, thing it would is, help if Disney and Disney Marvel perfected the multiverse yeah. first. Yeah. If we could just know something, you know, normal about it, right? That would be. What do we have coming up? Like, what? There's something coming out later this year, right? Deadpool. Deadpool comes is out. in July. There's a TV show too. Agatha. Right? Agatha. Yeah, that's what. Yep. I'm Which who knows how that's going to do? I hope it does really well because I really liked WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's. The thing is, is these movies have, even the bad ones and the shows that quote unquote are not great, have set up really good potential yes. uh, stuff for to bring in the X-Men. Even down to how, how Spider-Man ended, you know, the whole point of like Doctor Strange cast a spell, nobody knows who Peter Parker is. Right. Yeah. Nobody recognizes him as Spider-Man. That's mm-hmm. just straight magic. Mm-hmm. Agatha is straight magic. The Scarlet Witch is magic. There is a world where there is actually a spell where the X-Men are not recognized as... Same thing with Fantastic Four. Right. There's a world where the Fantastic Four were around in the 60s, and then nobody knows who they are. Yeah. I mean... I I just think, moving forward with all of this... It just needs to be clean. It needs to be cleaner, whatever it is. I, I think, moving forward, it's almost like the pressure is on. Yeah. And so, like... If you if you want people to talk well about the MCU moving forward, you better give us something that we're like we were being set up this entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you better give us something like as good as Endgame. What like, I mean, at some point that was what was so beautiful about Endgame was Endgame took some of these stinker movies that were you know and they weren't even yeah. that stinker, but they were just compared to what's compared been to what now, was around it. Like, yeah. Like they could have taken, they literally took the dark world and made it important. Right. And we, yes. we talked about that. It. I mean, I think it's going to take more than one movie to do that. Yeah. To yeah. make this make this all work. I, but I mean, I do immediately like you know, chapex has gone. All the powers have moved around. Feige stepping in. You know, everything they've said up to this point now it sounds good. I like that everything was pushed. We pushed everything back. They we we mm-hmm. dealt with, they dealt with the Jonathan Major stuff. Right. They seem to have a plan. At least yeah. they seem to have a plan. I will just be excited when I can when I get back to the feeling that I had when I walked out of the movies um, yeah. at let's say No Way Home. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, yeah. That's what I, I'm ready to walk out of the movies and feel that way again. Just like looking around everybody and like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, they also announced that they've, they've stripped the name of the Kang dynasty off of the uh-huh. upcoming Avenger movies. I did see that. So yeah. both of them. So it looks like they're going to, at least it seems that the rumors are true that they're going to lean into the fantastic four, which is what uh, they need. Dr. Doom. I mean, in the, the fantastic four in the comic books, they were like, comic books first family yeah like there wasn't a family before the fantastic four and that's really what we need as a franchise as the franchise is like fans need to have that that thing that they can relate to that thing that they can like shoot for that family aspect of it that we had with the avengers avengers are gone it's like this is what we need now is like fantastic four to step up and be that i think too I, i liked what hector navarro said on new rock stars they just have to be careful how they do it because they can't just just shoehorn it in. Right. I mean, they've got the thing is is Reed Richards is brilliant. So like, just being able to go, well, their world was destroyed, so now they had to come to ours. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Why? Because Reed Richards, giving you know, giving time, technology, money. Right. He's going to go back and fix his other world. And and you know and that's just how he, he that's how he works. So right. the, the story has to be, it's got to be thought out well. And I, it seems, again, the Deadpool trailer looks fantastic. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how much they're planning on that movie affecting everything moving forward. The trailer hints that it's I mean, going to be it'll doing probably, something. It'll probably be the biggest movie the Marvels had since Endgame. Yeah, mm. it definitely feels that way. Cause it was the highest viewed trailer. What do you what do you say is the uh, Marvel Jesus or? Yeah, I mean that's it. Definitely feels plus the TVA's in there. Like it's it's tying the right to all the stuff. So I like that. That'd be cool. Uh, speaking of TVA, makes me think of Loki. Loki makes me think of the Tree of Life. <laughs> tree, tree of Life, life. It makes you think of Genesis. doing great. Tree of Life makes me think of Genesis which is a series we have been on at church for the last month and a half, right? Since the beginning of January. Since so. the beginning of January, so yes, almost two months. Uh, and I'm not just shooting smoke up your ear because you're sitting <laughs> on, on my couch. Here we go. <laughs> uh, this series has been like life-changing in a lot of, a lot of sense. I mean, the way... The way it's read, the way, uh, I mean, it's just, it's messed with my brain in a very, very, very good way. What got you, what, like, what, I guess, inspired this idea to, okay, let's just, let's attack Genesis. Like, how did yeah. you get to that? What made you go, we're going to do this to start the year off? So, when, uh, well, I think there's two things. Number one, I kept hearing this desire for, I had people ask me, they were like, could you go deeper theologically, like on a podcast? Could you do a small group? Could you do whatever? And I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. I was like, (laughs) not going to happen. Well, mainly it was just like, this will be unbelievably beneficial for our entire church. And if I did a small group, it would literally be, you know, maybe 10 people or so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Y'all can't see this, but 
A bunch of random balloons just popped up on the screen right there, and I have no idea why. Mm. It did that a long time ago, and I have no clue why it did that. Huh. Anyway, but it would sorry. just be a bunch of random people, like 10 or 12 random people that knew all of this. Yeah. And I was just like, I just don't think that that's what I want to accomplish. Right. So I wanted the whole church to be able to, att- like, because in the culture that we live in, people usually start reading the Bible in Genesis. Right. When they get to literally Genesis 6, they stop because God is seen as this mass murderer, and it's really because we've never dealt with the text appropriately. Sure. We are staunch biblical literalists in America, which becomes problematic because the genre of literature that Genesis is is not meant to be read literally. No. And I'm not saying that you can't have thoughts about how creation happened or whatever, but it's it's telling us a story about Jesus. Yeah. It's not telling us the story of how the world was made in six days or seven days. It's And if you go and listen to the series, you'll know that, that what it's trying to do is paint an ancient cosmology where the people who were Egyptians at the time that Moses was leading and would have been writing Genesis 2 would have known that the world is a temple and Adam and Eve were priests in the temple. And so, and he's trying to get their attention with multiple stories, yeah, especially Mm. in the first 11 chapters. So the first 11 chapters of Genesis, being able to read those first 11 chapters in the way that they were written or in the way they were meant to be read. It's a game changer. Is, well, you know how like people in our culture, they're like, Revelation is so hard to read. Right. Well, not if you know how to read Genesis 1 through 11. It's not. Yeah. Like Revelation has been framed as so hard to read because it has all of this imagery in there. It's apocalyptic literature. Yeah. And it's not about China and Russia and Ukraine and... And America. And America. (laughs) It's not about that. And so when people are like, there are different passages in the Bible that are hard to read, you are most certainly correct. They are hard to read because they're ancient Jewish documents. They're not written the way that we are accustomed to reading. They're not written to be read like that. And so I think what the... The main reason that I decided to go at Genesis first is because I think if you learn how to interpret the Hebrew Bible, Genesis 1 through 11 teaches you how to do that, then you can approach the Bible with a little bit of ease. You can at least relax. You don't have to like go to it and like, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. And if I don't know what this means and I don't believe in God anymore, it's like, no. And so, I why, think. Why do you think people get? I mean, and and I'm by the way, I'm going to post a link to the church podcast um, in this description for this this week's episode, just because I think it, you've got to even whether you call yourself a Christian, religious, non-religious, whatever. If you call yourself a nerd, this series is nerdy. I mean, it yeah. is super nerdy, and and, and how and how it's broken out, and how you read. It's an origins. Yeah. type thing. It's an origin story. And, and it could be actually like for for those who are like super nerdy 
Yeah. Like it can get way, way, way more in depth. People Absolutely. have to realize that I have about an hour at most. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the best part is you, you, you give us about an hour and it's, it's like when we got on the topic of the, of the arc and the symbolism there and, and how that works. And, and it's controversial in the fact that so many of us have read that story historically and not the way it was actually meant to be read. Yeah. And so when we walk into it and we hear that message, you only have an hour to break our brains and then you send us home to start reading on it more. And I think I was even texting you like two days later. It's like mm-hmm. all of a sudden I begin to read it and I continue to read past that and the imagery starts to just pop like yeah. crazy, you know, off the screen. And, and then guess what? Like you're having a good time reading yeah. the Bible, which right. I'm 30, almost 35 years old. I never enjoyed reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah. how did, at what point does in your pastoral ministry, did you just get, did your brain get broken like mine has at the beginning of this year? So I never, I always approach the Bible with a real like uncertainty. Yeah. Um, because I didn't start following Jesus till I was 17 and I was super skeptical at the time. Sure. But mainly, probably in 2000, I would say probably 17 was probably the first time that I really was like, this is not, well, when I first got saved, I had a real problem with Genesis 1, 2, and 3 being the story of how the world was actually created. Right. Right. Because I was reading it, and I was like, this does not make sense. And then I was like, if this is true, we are literally all incest. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what this means. Roll and it's like, it's like, oh, well, when you realize that this was written in Hebrew, and Adam, Adam means human, and Eve means giver of life, you realize that this is about humanity. Yeah. Right. This is not about two people in a garden. This is about human beings being one with God. Yeah. That was when I was like, okay, if this is true, then what about the rest of this? Right. Because right. a lot of the rest of this doesn't make sense. So then I realized, oh, 44% of the Bible is narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's telling a story about something deeper. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, if 44% of it's narrative, what's the rest of it? And then I like bumped into it. I was like, well, 33% of this is poetry. <laughs> and I was like... Okay, so That's then like seventy seven. So it's like, yeah, seventy seven percent of the Bible is not meant to be read literally. It's right. not meant to be read like the newspaper. And then the other, you know, twenty three percent is. And so I think I saw somebody say it's not an encyclopedia or whatever. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like there are things just because Genesis is not quote unquote historically accurate does not mean the story of Jesus is not. Right. Because the Bible is 66 books through a number of different genres of literature. 
telling us the story about Jesus. And so... Also, like, the Gospels are a group of people who were around Jesus yes. telling the story of yeah. the man they walked with versus right. Moses, who was not in the garden. <laughs> right, yeah, not in the garden and talks of some bush that's burning on top of a hill Yeah, that catches on fire, but it somehow is not consumed by the fire. Right. Like, oh, hmm, is there another time when we hear about things catching on fire, but they're not consumed by the fire, but they're, it's the spirit of God and mm-hmm. it's a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day and all of that stuff. Is there another time we hear about that? Of course there is in the yeah. book of Acts. Yeah. And it, so it's, when I like discovered all of this, I was like, this does not make the Bible less true. It makes it more true. Yeah. Right. It doesn't make it less it makes it easier to deal with because when you get off and you go to college, there are going to be professors who have just read more than you and they're going to know this stuff. Yeah. They're not maybe all of this stuff, but they're going to know. I mean, especially if you go to any sort of philosophy class, if you have like an atheist professor or something, just because he says, well, the ark isn't real, the flood didn't happen. There's no historical accuracy to this. That does not make your faith any less true. Right. No. And so, because, I mean, I, I don't care what you believe about the flood, if it happened or if it didn't happen, whatever. The purpose of the story of the flood is not to tell you that God killed everyone. No. Right. And the purpose of the story of the flood is to get you thinking in an ancient cosmology where you see the spiral from human beings making a decision to disobey God, take wisdom or take what they thought was right into their own hands, define good and evil for themselves. And you see how that spirals Mm -hmm. into a literal chaos in the earth. And yeah. So, and then the flood is like, just drop the link in the description to the flood. Yeah, yeah. To the flood message. Because it's like, the flood's not what you think it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be, you you could say it's water. It very well might be water. Sure. But what we are to see is the same watery chaos in Genesis 1. And you are to see that chaos has flooded the earth. And and I think that's my favorite part about all this is the descriptions and and how they all line up and even even how Jesus redeems it all of these these things that that, that are used to describe other things like you see Jesus walk through every single one of them mm-hmm. whether it be the the, cha- the chaotic waters or the the wilderness mm-hmm. whatever it might be you see him walk through each individual thing redeem it and then point at it and go this yeah. is what that was. This is what this is what that meant. That story, that's about this. Yeah. That me like my baptism and including you in my baptism, yep. the flood story is about that. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not about just me going and getting baptized so that you can and I don't I don't mean to sound jaded towards this, but I am a little bit. It's like <laughs> baptism is not just an outward expression of an inward experience. Right. That's not right. what baptism is. It is you making a decision to follow Jesus down into the water of baptism 
Yeah. Baptism is our death to self. <laughs> Baptism is actually getting off the ark. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, we're and we're getting we're jumping in the water. Yeah, to to you know. Yeah, we're jumping we're, into the chaos with everybody you, else. You see, you see that Noah and God have different responses when chaos happens. Mm-hmm. Noah stays on the ark. Yep. And God in the ark is a temple. Mm-hmm. That's what it's meant to represent. Eden is also a temple. It's a boat in Kentucky. It's yeah, it's actually a boat in Kentucky. <laughs> but the three-tiered cosmos is what we are supposed to like see in all of this, like Eden and if you go and watch all of this stuff like on our YouTube channel or whatever, you'll see how I draw all this out, but there's three tiers. There's three tiers to the arc. Mm-hmm. There continues to be three tiers when we're like learning about stuff. Yeah. And it's because Moses is trying to teach these people something about the way that the world works and who God is in relation to the world. It's almost like it was on purpose. It's almost like <laughs> <laughs> this means something more. Yeah. And so, of course, like people are going to say, well, like, Cole, do you not like you don't think any of this has historical accuracy or whatever. I'm like, I'm not saying that it does or that it doesn't. Sure. I'm saying that's not the point. Right. <laughs> so like you can argue for it all day long. What I'm saying is if you are bringing those arguments to the table, yeah. you are missing the point of why this was written. Right. And so I, I tell people leave modern arguments, like leave them separate them from an ancient text. Yeah. And so you see all of the three tiered stuff and you see the ark and you see that this is meant to be seen as a temple too. And that Noah stays in the temple when chaos is flooding the world. Yeah. And you see God when chaos has hit humanity in Adam and Eve and they eat from the wrong tree. What does he do? He goes with them. Yeah. He goes and finds them. You see this totally like different picture. You see a picture of what our natural instincts are in in Noah is to stay away from all of that. Yeah. And then you see how God is not like that. Hmm. The the I think one of the biggest lies that I've taught this because I had not seen this until recently, maybe like a couple years ago. One of the biggest lies that we teach people is that we're going back to Eden. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not going back to Eden. No. God is remaking a holy city in the end. Yeah. We're not going back to Eden because God's not there. Right. Like, right. God is not in Eden. He left Eden to come be with us. Mm-hmm. And I think when... When we start seeing Genesis 1 through 11 correctly, the whole rest of the Bible becomes real for us. Yeah. It doesn't just become easier to read. The person of Jesus starts popping up in this text. You're like, hmm, okay. Yeah. It's like this week, this week, and this will be the last thing that I'm going to say, but like, I don't know when this episode will post, but I'm talking about Lot being rescued by Abraham. Yeah. And Melchizedek showing up, blessing Abraham, the king of Sodom showing up, mm-hmm. trying to get Abraham to make a name for himself. 
and give him back all the people that he just went and got. Yep. So literally, like, you have a cosmic war that breaks out, and Lot gets caught in the middle of this. Lot leaves Abraham just in the last chapter. Yeah. But Abraham, in his kindness, literally gets an army and goes and gets Lot back and saves all of these people. Yeah. And there is a Melchizedek. We don't know where he comes from. Yeah. Like he doesn't have a father. He doesn't have a mother. We just know that he is a priest of the Most High God who shows up with bread and wine. It's like Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And so (laughs) we know that he shows up with bread and wine. And that is very important in the Bible. I'm excited about that. I'm That's excited. this week? It's this week. Let's go. There's yeah, a little sneak preview, peek, folks. Yeah. Only so, here. Yeah. So, yes, I will be adding the link to the podcast and the YouTube channel here. I Listen, I can't express enough how awesome this series has been. Um, and, like, even just reading... Again, when you start reading the Bible the way we have been studying Genesis, mm-hmm. you start seeing the connections, and all of a sudden this stuff makes sense. Right, and and even when it does it, you 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 see the clue words there. Mm-hmm. You see the little sparks there, and it makes you want to start digging. It makes you want to try to figure. I mean, Katie constantly is texting like, "What does this mean?" Yeah, have you ever know? Like, this is how I see it, and this is just going to be funny, I guess, for people. <laughs> like, this is what happens when I'm reading the Bible, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's what that means." <laughs> I see the, um, you know, the thing that Dr. Strange does with his hands yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like those things just start popping up and it's just like, yeah. like this is a portal to a whole different world. <laughs> Starting to see the sparks. And, and so every time that I see something, I'm instantly taking back, I'm taking back to that moment when I'm watching Endgame, and, yeah. and they're like, he's like, what's happening? Like Cap's like, what's happening? And he hears... On your left. On your left, and then he sees the thing open up. I'm like, that's exactly what happens every time I see something. You talk about a, like a religious experience. Yeah. yeah. That movie in theaters. Mm. Yeah. I, I've said it before, and I, I just I will always reference that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like getting saved, getting married, really close to that in-game experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dangerously close. Pretty close here. That is fantastic. Yeah, get in there. Uh, ch- click the links in that that we're gonna put on here. You, you, you guys got to go check that out. It's it's absolutely insane. Uh, I don't think last time your book was out, it was we were on the verge. Oh yeah, of of it releasing. Here it is. It's here. Joe has a copy. Preaching on paper. Sir, he has a copy sitting on his couch. Heck yeah. And I have to call Amazon because. Amazon's not paying me for my book sales for some reason. Hmm. So won't be doing any more business with them. You got to call Jeff. I had to get on the phone with him. I wonder if Jeff would give us money for a church if I'd be like, hey, man, you kind of robbed me on this. You think you could, like, with interest? I doubt it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he might shock the world. I don't know. I don't know. If you somehow call and get a hold of Jeff, that would be phenomenal. That'd be funny. He's I probably t- a Calvinist. My- <laughs> he's got to be. My guess is if you actually do get a hold of Jeff, he actually probably would. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I mean, what the heck? Sure. That's five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. I guess you want to hit the button there, Dr. J? Let's do Unless it. Unless anybody got anything else out of a cup? 
I don't think I got anything. No. My cup's yeah. run runneth dry. I'm finishing my Diet Coke that's in my can. There you go. Cup. We really just got to start having cups up here. Even though the sound effect is a can. Yeah. What I didn't it? think about that. Did you make that part? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you just like pour? Like no, some, the pouring is a an audio clip, picks. and then the clicking, the opening up was one I did. I love that. It's just soothing. It is. It makes me want to go. It's the most sleep. satisfying sound. You think you think that our church would ever be open to doing like an at the movies series? Absolutely. Our group, our church, yeah, one hundred percent. Church sure. full of millennials. Are you kidding me? You think if we do like at the movies? And then we got Tom. He'll do it. I'm using Loki. Let's do it. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening to What's in the Cup. Yeah. Thank you to our special guest, Pastor Cole, Pastor Deacon Cole. <laughs> Amen. Check out the links to the Genesis series at Resting Place Church or come see it in person. Every come Sunday. see it in person. 1030. 1030 a.m. on Sundays. You'll see me and Dr. J there and Brando. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man. Love you guys. Get on the social medias. Tell your friends. Like and share. All the good stuff. Peace, love, and chicken grease. That guitar is sexy. Did you do the guitar? This one was a clip. Was a loop <laughs> that I threw in. You know, I'm like, did you do this? He's like, it's a clip. He's like, did you do this? this? One was. It's also a clip. <laughs> it's just an, it's an abrupt stop here in yeah. a second. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs>